How are we doing this week? My name is Cena Palavon. I'm wearing a bandana from now on. Listen, let's address this. I'm balding, so we got to find an alternative for the hats because the hats keep bringing my hair back. So the bandanas, listen, I'm from Romania where the gypsies are from. You know, this fits me. You know, this brings me back to my roots. It humbles me. So I might be wearing the bandanas a lot. With that being said, welcome to the Talk Too Much podcast, episode number 35 with one of the most special 21-year-olds I have ever come across. His name is Trader Mercury. We're going to keep his identity um, on the low. We're not going to announce any, anybody who he is, but this man at 21 years old is as financially literate as they come. Uh, he's a trader, a crypto trader. Uh, he also trades in stocks. Uh, he's a full-time trader. He has a couple jobs. And he also trades on the side. Um, and he also has his own newsletter as well. Um, Trader Mercury, why, what really blew me away about Trader Mercury was as a 21-year-old, you know, he has that, that hunger, that immigrant mentality. If any of you know what the immigrant mentality is, it's, a, it's an advantage, let's just say that. Um, and you could see it in when the way he talks, like the way he was raised. Um, he was raised very well and he has that hunger, that drive. And at 21, he hasn't a pretty outrageous investment portfolio. Um, and so for anybody that's interested in price action and trading and you're just interested in the volatility of the crypto market, I think Trader Mercury's episode is going to provide you that value. But more so than that, I think you guys are going to really see a young stud. Well, you're not going to see him, but you're going to hear and see the logo of a young stud. You're going to see exactly, in my opinion, how a 21-year-old should be and, lo and how locked in they should be. But more so than that, you should really take a notice to his career path. At a young age, he has a very stable career path. And not only that, he's making the most of it. He's going ham. So um, I think you guys will really love this episode. And let's get into it, right? Nothing much, man. All right. I was going to put a logo on you anyway. But um, yeah, Alex told me that you, wanted a, you might have wanted a logo on. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. Nice to meet you. Um, my name's Cena. I'm actually really happy you did this. Um, I, you know, I had a long talk with Alex and I really do want to go down the trading path because I do think price action and, you know, making money in this game is something that I think people want to learn and want to know about. So before I get started, I want to say thank you for actually taking the time to do this with me. Yeah, of course, man. I uh, <clears throat> I kind of do education for a living. So and I'm a huge like knowledge is power kind of person. So anyone who wants to learn, man, I'm more than willing. Like if you want to learn, then all power to you. You know, if, if there's anything I can do to help somebody learn and I'm more than willing. So that's what this podcast is, actually. Um, let's get started into this. So you're known as Trader Mercury, right? Yeah. Um, how did you get into trading? You know, how did you get to this point and what made you get into it? Like what sparked your interest? Right. So the way I got into trading is kind of how a lot of people get into trading. And <clears throat> so for me, I'm 21, I'll be 22 in like a couple months. Hey. Um, but for me, uh, it was totally a get rich quick scheme. It was, you know, I was a kid in high school. I think I was like 16. Yeah. I think I had just turned 16 at the time. So I was just like kind of lost in high school. I didn't really, I didn't like school a lot. I didn't, you know, I didn't think of anything that I really wanted to do. Business always stood out to me. Personal finance always stood out to me, but I was kind of just like, I wanted to do something that other people didn't do because I didn't want to fall into this system of, you know, go to work nine to five, work for the rest of my life until I'm 65 and nice. then, you know, retire. So it turned into, you know, I would see ads and whatever, on you know Twitter or YouTube or whatever, and it turned into that like mentality what these people try and feed you of like get rich quick, get rich quick. You know, invest a thousand dollars, turn it into a million twenty four hours later. Uh, so I I fell into that like trap, and very quickly uh, I got humbled. Right, so that sort of humbling uh, made me want to learn, and I feel like that's how a lot of people start. They come into it with like a get rich quick sort of mentality. And from there, I think only one of two things happen. You either get burned very badly and you never want to do it again, or you get burned very badly, but you see the potential 
and you want to keep going. So you got so, burned. You got yeah, burned. So I got burned, saying. man. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got humbled very quickly. You know, whatever I put in, it, it very, very quickly, the market humbled me and showed me that this is not a get rich quick scheme. You know, if you want to be good at this, uh, you got to put the time into it. So tried to keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. I was trading stocks at the time. And then I got into crypto uh, at the very top, November of 2017. Um, so literal top of crypto, you know, I'm still naive. I'm still thinking, oh, I can invest and just hold forever and become a millionaire or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire overnight just by buying XRP at a dollar and, you know, Verge at 20 cents and Tron at 20 cents and whatever. Uh, so I bought the literal top of everything and got humbled again. And finally, just just kept going with it, man, just kept pushing through. And here we are today. So, so when you got burned before you move on, what made you, what made you take the path of keep going instead of, of finding another alternative? Because I even talked with many other traders, like when you get burned in, in crypto, it's a, it's, it's hard. It's harsh. Yeah, it's hard, man. Um, when I got burned, it was more of a, so like, like I said, I bought XRP at a dollar, right? So I put all, you know, all my money, literally whatever I had at the time, I was like, I don't know, 18 years old, 17 years old, whatever, uh, put it all into XRP at a dollar and went to like 320 or something. So I watched all my money triple and I was like, man, that's crazy. And I, I thought I was a, a genius. You know, I thought I was going to be a millionaire in, in no time. Uh, so I saw the potential. I saw that like, you can actually make money from this, but you need to kind of be more disciplined than what I was at the time to actually reap the benefit. Right. There, there's so much that actually goes into it, not only entering because everybody can just buy something and watch number go up. Right. But it's also exiting. And so what it turned into is how do I develop a strategy? How do I form a system to where I can do this consistently? Right. So then it turns into I need to learn more. So spend hours upon hours reading books, watching videos, just doing everything I can. And then more importantly, actually going out there and doing it and losing more and, and, you know, consistently taking the loss, learning from it, taking the loss, learning from it until eventually you form this system that works for you and say, oh shit, you know, this, I can actually make money from this. This is actually sustainable. But let me make it a point that to anybody watching that it did take you multiple times trying and, you know, it took you holding yourself accountable and taking in that information when no one was watching, you had to, you know, do the research and actually learn the skill set, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. So when I first started, I actually got pretty good at stocks. So before I entered crypto, I managed to, you know, become somewhat profitable at, at stocks. I was not consistent by any means, um, but I was profitable. Then I got into crypto and I got humbled all over again. What made you go from stocks to crypto? Dude, I saw an ad on Twitter about XRP, about Ripple. Really? And, and yeah. And so I got interested in it. Then I started reading about Bitcoin. I started reading about all these different cryptocurrencies. It was really hot at the time. I don't know if you remember in 2017. Yeah, that was the it top was of the super market. hot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was just like this new crazy thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you read one thing about crypto or you watch one YouTube video about crypto. And all of a sudden the YouTube algorithm, you know, it, it's all yep. crypto. So it's just... It was just that like crazy, you know, surge of everything just being fed into you. And it just made me really interested and, and want to learn more. Okay. And after this surge, right, when, when, the, when the market went down, right, did you, did you still feel that same motivation to continue on to keep going in this industry? Yeah, you know what I did? Because I feel like the humbling kind of made me want to learn more. So like there's a difference, though, because... You know, when I started learning more, I wasn't trying to learn to sort of cope with the bags that I had accumulated. You know, I kind of I, I took my losses on the chin and I said, you know what, Tron, that seems like kind of a scam. And Justin Sun, the way he operates, you know, that that seems very scummy to me. It doesn't really seem like it has too much of a, a future to it. Uh, so I kind of I became very realistic. And then uh, from that, learning more humbling, it. it dug me into this hole of uh, trying to justify my investments, but also trying to uh, find better investments and justify why should I be investing in these cryptos? Why should I be, be uh, believing in this? You know, And a lot of people, I think, do that, but for the wrong reasons, where you buy something and all of a sudden you're down 50% on it, 
So now you're going to go do research and justify, okay, why can I just keep holding this and feel comfortable? You know, oh, they have a good team behind them. The team is nobody you've ever heard of, right? So, and it's just like doing this sort of research for the right reasons. And that kind of put me into uh, this like Bitcoin maximalist uh, mentality where all of a sudden, you know, 3K Bitcoin, Bitcoin's plummeting. I'm being told, you know, it's going to zero, whatever. And I'm buying more because I believe in it because I did my research. I did my, you know, due diligence, whatever. So interesting you, you, you mentioned that. And I think that that's the biggest key for new crypto investors, uh, long-term or short-term is the research. And I want to touch on that. And I love how you said you're a Bitcoin maximalist. Um, I believe in all these assets. There's no way any of these assets don't like they're 100 in my yeah. head. It's a 100% growth rate to, to a million. Like, I really believe that. I don't know how long it will take, but I do. With that being said, I know a lot of people disagree with that being said, let's talk about this research part, because I think it's a very big part for, for not, for, and not just investors, for people who just want to, you know, hodl, not just short-term tra- traders. So question for you. Yeah. Number one, the research. When you're researching these assets, what tips do you have for investors? What research should they do? For example, you said uh, you kind of talked about the, oh, they have a good team behind them, but no one's heard of them. So I've heard a lot of people say they do the research on the teams, the Twitters, the communities, the tech development. What research do you do to give you conviction in a digital asset? Right. So I think I'm not a huge like investment person. I'm not going to lie to you. I do my investments, but I mainly stick with the the blue right. chips, you know, the Bitcoin, Ethereum, stuff like that. I'm better at investing at things that are already established. I'm not great at finding these like low Same. shitcoin gems, you know, and then uh, one of my friends is very good at that. But I'm willing to acknowledge where I shine, where I don't. I'm not good at, you know, diving into white papers looking at things but for people who are interested in that stuff definitely read the white paper first of all is the white paper fully developed is does it actually make sense is it just a copy and paste of some random shit because a lot of times it is who is the team what is the use case for the actual coin does it have an actual use case so something uh, that comes up to the top of my head is like um bat so brave coin um or basic attention token, sorry. Uh, I feel like that has an actual use case, right? I don't know if you know what it does, but it's- It's like it's, a social token. It's like a yeah, social exactly. token. Yeah, exactly. So how you know useful is it actually? And, and so something like that appeals to me personally. I feel like it would be kind of useful. So how useful does it seem to you? And, and then what's the team? Do they have the funding to get the idea done? You know, what's the roadmap look like? What's the white paper? Uh, stuff like that. But- I will fully admit that is not my forte at all. I'm not, you know, that that person who can just go find these like low cap gems and invest in it and then hold for a thousand X and whatever. And it's crazy because I've actually like these people that you're talking about, like when I've, I have a couple I know that just that's what they bank on. And it's ridiculous because I see them come up. But when when, you know, I try and undo it like it's volatile, it's hard. Yeah, no, it is difficult, man. It's very difficult. And it, it's it, it applies to the stock market too. you know, it, the same thing where people don't want to buy, uh, you know, Disney because it's a hundred and forty dollar stock, but they'll go buy something, you know, stupid low because it's worth two pennies or whatever. And then it's like when you look at it over the course of time, you're more likely to succeed and more probable to be profitable by just investing in these like bigger blue chips that are already weller were well established instead of trying to go find this trash and hope it turns into a gem. Right. Exactly. And I, I actually wanted to t- transition from this part to what you're actually good at. Um, you talked about, you know, that you, while you, you know, you're for this investing and you have knowledge of it, it's not your forte and that, you know, you trading is and I, and established yeah. assets are, and I'm kind of on the same page with the established assets are, I would like to learn more about trading, but I wanted to ask you now as a transition, do you still trade with stocks now that you trade crypto? And how do you feel about the crypto market macro wise? So I do still trade stocks. I actually work for a stock group. So part of my or part of my like daily routine, part of what I do to bring in some income on the side is I literally send, you know, stock signals. So uh, I'm always looking at the stock market, but you know, to be completely honest, the past couple of months or so, my main focus has been crypto because this market has just been so hot. 
So the opportunity cost of, you know, focusing on something else rather than focusing on what's hot at the moment was just not worth it for me. So I've been heavily focused on crypto at the moment. And where do I see crypto macro? Mm -hmm. uh, I think at the moment, I think Bitcoin specifically is at a, is at a very pivotal level uh, in the market. I think, you know, for a lot of people, this is kind of the do or die moment. I know for me, it is. Wow. What do you mean um, by that? For me personally, when I say that, I'm saying I even sent out a tweet today and I, I was jokingly, I said, oh. but it's kind of like a half half joke where I said, oh, by the way, if that wasn't the macro bottom, then we're entering a bear market. So KK, have fun. Good luck. Right. Um, so I'm joking when I say that, but I, there's some truth to it where mm -hmm. I feel I was about like, to say, are you joking? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm joking when I say it. I say it in, in a kind of like you know, joking manner, but it has some truth to it to where I feel like the things that are happening on the chart are significant to me personally, the way that I do my analysis. Uh, so I would have reason to believe that, you know, if we don't keep going up from here, then it might be the at least short term end for the fun that we've had, you know, the past six months or so. Um, but macro, when we're taking a step back and talking years from now, I'm still a heavy believer in crypto, in Bitcoin, in Ethereum, in a lot of this stuff. So I, I heavily believe in it, you know, whether we whether this is the short term end or whatever long term outlook, I am very optimistic. Um, I will always own Bitcoin. I, I don't think I'll ever capitulate fully and just not own any, even, you know, if I do want to say my goodbyes with the market and, and the market does tell me, you know, the way I do my analysis, the market tells me that this might be over. I will always own Bitcoin in some way, shape or form because I, wanna, I believe in it. I actually wanted to touch on that. I wanted to touch on that aspect. So as we saw this, you know, last week and this episode will be out in like a week. So for people watching, um, the, the crypto market is very volatile. And as you just said, you know, Bitcoin, we were at 64K, you know, we were feeling very good. And then yeah. suddenly, you know, we blink and we're at 49, 48K. So in this span, number one, what do you think attributes to this? And do you believe, so you said you're a very a big believer in Bitcoin. What do you think about Ethereum, which held its position very strongly during this uh, downward trend this last week? Do you recommend, are you a believer in the Ethereum asset as well? Um, yeah, so I am a huge believer in both of them. Um, so a couple of things there. So you said, you know, Bitcoin's very volatile. So for me, the reason, the reasoning for me, the justification for when I look at a chart, I'm always looking for, okay, why did this sell off? Or why is it bouncing here? Why is it, you know, doing whatever? The reasoning for me was 63.7K specifically, um, and I've been talking about that level for months now. Uh, that level specifically was a long-term take profit level. Since before we had broken the 2017 all-time high, um, I'm just zooming out and I'm looking at these crazy, stupid high FIB targets and I'm looking, all right, I'm going to scrape some profit off here, scrape some profit off here, scrape some profit off here, long-term, right? So I'm just buying and eventually I'll sell. If it never gets there, then I'll adjust. Um, so 63.7K, we actually came up to it, we tapped it, and then closed the daily candle below it. The daily candle that closed below it was kind of ugly, and we kind of just started to sell off from there. So then it becomes an if-then scenario. So it's if we hold you know, my levels, if we hold these moving averages that I pay attention to so heavily and I put a ton of weight on, then we might continue onwards. Maybe the, the run isn't done from there. If we lose those levels, then we're probably going to continue pulling back. We then uh, can then dis start discussing the possibility of a potential bear market if those certain levels are lost. So it's if then, if then, if then, all the way down until you get to 47K and it becomes another if then, right? And so then it's more demand. So we tap it. And then we break our trend bullishly. It's not fully confirmed yet. If it goes bullish, then, you know, things start to look very optimistic for some sort of V-shape reversal or continuation of bull market. Um, so it's always just if, then, if, then probabilities, right? And, and how likely is something to happen? It's not always guaranteed. I mean, it's never guaranteed, but it's always just how probable is it to happen? So um, once we lost that 58K region, I was kind of very 
pessimistic about Bitcoin. I'm, you know, I'm cutting a lot of profit. I'm glad I took profit at 63K. I'm looking to buy back much lower. And now that we are sort of flipping the trend bullish again, I'm becoming more optimistic, but still somewhat hesitant. So when you right. say optimistic and when you say pessimistic, can you give our viewers a time frame of what you're referring to? Is it like a week or two weeks or do you not have a specific time frame? Um, so here's the thing for me. So that that tweet that I sent out that was, you know, if this wasn't the macro bar- bottom, mm-hmm. then, you know, have fun. Um, that kind of holds true where if this is the bottom, then I genuinely think that we'll continue upwards. We'll see a new all time high from here sometime in the next two, three weeks, maybe even, you know, whatever. Um, if it's not, if the downtrend continues, if we lose all the levels that we, uh, so this is recorded on April 26th, right? And we just had a big breakout, 10% daily candle. Um, so if we lose all the levels that we just worked so hard to reclaim and we keep going below 47K, oh wow, then I think we might be kind of fucked for, yeah. for lack of a better term. Uh, you know, zooming out maybe a month from now, maybe two months from now, maybe three months now, uh, who knows, right? And potentially we can start discussing the potential uh, for a year-long bear market, something similar to what we had in 2017. But at the moment, you know, that's still there. It's still lingering. It's still a very real possibility, but I'm not sure how likely it is yet as long as 47K holds as the bottom. So That's where I'm putting all my all my chips. Interesting. And so now I want to touch on this because this is where I think a lot of people want to know, is it a bull market? Is it a bear market? Um, so now it, I want to make it a point that this ecosystem is much different than it was in 2017 in the terms of use case. I feel like there's it's a, lo- a little bit more adopted, a lot more, I would say, but not it's nowhere near full adoption. And I think we're very prehistorically early still. So I was going to ask your thoughts. Do you still think because obviously we're going to go on a downward trend. We can't keep this up. But do you see it as a possibility that we enter another bull market, that this keeps thing keeps going and evolving? Or do you still, because I talk to a lot of traders and the patterns from 2017 uh, really affect every their opinions today. So I wanted to ask your opinion if the bear market is still that strong of a possibility with uh, the increased adoption. Um, so the increased adoption, you know, the whole institutions coming in, I see that as more of a narrative. Okay. What I personally focus on more that uh, sort of really influences my, you know, long-term investing and um, just my outlook on the crypto market in general is on-chain analytics. So I'm a big fan of Willy Woo, um, of I don't know how to say his name, but the guys from CryptoQuant, that whole community, um, I, I'm a big fan of all those guys. So on-chain analytics do support the idea that this should be the macro bottom for Bitcoin and we should continue our bull market from here, right? So if all those on-chain analytics fail and we continue downwards, then I'm really going to you know, become adamant that we have a very strong possibility of entering, entering a bear market. At the moment, I'm still optimistic. I still think, you know, we could see 100K Bitcoin, 300K Bitcoin, even potentially by the end of 2021. Oh, wow. And maybe even, you know, early, you know, quarter one of 2022. Um, So that's my initial target. The price action that's happening on the chart does not agree with that for me personally, as far as short term. On-chain analytics still agree with it. So for me, it's a very key pivotal level in the market, uh, what we're seeing now. The, the, all the price action that's happened in the past couple of days and probably the price action that happens in the next week or so, I think probably determines where we're going to be at you know, a couple months from now. And you're saying right now when you're looking at your charts, the price action doesn't give you the most optimism? No, it doesn't. So okay. recently, <clears throat> I'm a huge uh, trade the trend trader. So I, I like to, whatever the trend is, I'm going to trade that. So if we're going up, I'm going to put in, and especially this only applies to uh, when we're going up into new all-time highs, because new new all-time highs is essentially uncharted waters. Nobody knows where this is going to top out. Nobody knows where we're going to pull back. Nobody knows where sellers are going to step in, right? You can make your speculations, but uh, at the end of the day, it's uncharted waters. So 
when we enter something like new all-time highs and we're consistently making this uptrend of higher highs, higher lows over and over and over again, my mentality turns into that of bears are dumb, price discovery, right? And then once we lose that, once we go from using me personally, I rely heavily on 200 moving averages. So I really like the 200 exponential. I like the 200 uh, simple. I use both of those. So for anyone who does know technical analysis, um, the four hour 200 moving averages have consistently acted as this local bottom for Bitcoin every single time it pulls back, you know, the 25% pullbacks that we consistently have uh, or had on this run upwards. We're now trading below those and we've actually tested them as resistance before heading down to 47K. So the fact that, you know, we go from this bears are dumb price discovery into, you know, and we're consistently using this and this and this as local bottoms all the way up, the entire way up, right? To now we have lost that. Bears now look like geniuses, right? Whoever sold, you know, 65K, all of a sudden you go from you're dumb to oh wait you were a genius. And now we've lost this really pivotal level. So for me, on the upside, I will be very, very strongly bullish. I will be that sort of bears are dumb mentality. If we reclaim the same region that we've been using as local bottoms for the entirety of this run upwards, right? As long as we're below that, I'm hesitant. I'm still cautious. I think the opportunity is still there but the trend has definitely shifted. So today's actually today's price action was a break in the trend, meaning we went from bears are dumb, higher highs, higher lows into now it was lower lows, lower highs. So now bears are in control. Bears are consistently pushing this lower and buyers can't hold price up, right? So we broke that in today's trading. So if we continue that, very optimistic, right? If we fall back into lower lows, lower highs, then looks very bad. Okay. So that makes sense. So I was actually, I was, I was going to ask you this question and kind of in a way answers it. I think that um, not only from starting my own business to just anything, um, I think building an automated system, a set of rules in a way is key, is integral. Um uh, I wanted to ask you, do you, uh, are you an intuitive trader or do you follow a specific set of rules? Do you have your own system that you abide by? Cause it sounds to me while you were explaining this, that you have, that you're, you're very confident in whatever market you're in because you have a set, a set of rules. Yeah. So not only do I have a set of rules, but I also have my own system. So whenever I go to a chart, I'm always looking for the same things, right? I have my certain things, my sort of, uh, checklist that needs to be ticked off for me to feel comfortable in any sort of trade, right? And if it doesn't meet that or meet that criteria, I just move on to the next chart. My system is very simple. It's very condensed. Uh, it, it's not complex, complex at all. So it applies to a lot of things in the market. So if there's not an opportunity for me here, then I can go find one somewhere else. So for me, that helps comfort me because I don't ever feel pressure to make a move ever. And then on top of that, I also have my own set of rules. So like, for example, for me personally, um, I will never get stopped out on a trade and then enter the exact same trade, you know, five minutes later, because for me personally, getting stopped out on one trade, yes, it sucks, but getting stopped out on the same trade twice within, you know, an hour of each other is infuriating. And it causes this like, crazy emotion that that just like builds up in your head and you start becoming emotional you start doing stupid things you know you completely disregard risk management whatever so i is this, have is this known as a uh, revenge trading that's what alex described yeah yeah exactly so yeah it's it is revenge trading so if i get stopped out i take my loss on the chin and then you know i go play video games i go talk to my girlfriend i go do whatever i i step away from the charts because if i don't i fall into this pit of an emotional roller coaster where I just start throwing things out the window. And I've spent, you know, the past six years working so hard to build this system only for this one moment of emotions to throw it all away. So it's not worth it. So I have my certain set of rules. I won't trade until I, you know, 
have my coffee for the day. I won't take the same trade twice. I won't, you know, I do certain things that abide by my rules to, I don't know, kind of increase the odds in my favor for my situation personally. And I actually want to touch on this. I'm so happy you brought this up because I feel like that is a problem with new investors. And I know if, or traders, I knew if I, if I were to start heavily trading, that would be my biggest issue. And I wanted, I actually talked to Alex about this uh, last night. It was kind of funny. As in, how do you avoid revenge trading for new traders? And I know that you said you have a set of rules, but do you ever still feel the urges as experienced as you are? Man, I, you know, I want to get back at this. Do you ever oh, still absolutely. feel the urge? I, absolutely, man. Absolutely. But, how do I avoid it? I avoid it by acknowledging the fact that I've been in this situation before. I've experienced it. I've, I've known what it's like to revenge trade. And I've, I've known what it's like to revenge trade and profit from the revenge trade and actually benefit from hopping in the same exact That's trade scary. twice. And I've known what it's like to revenge trade and get stopped out Yeah, you know, on the same trade twice. So it's not worth it for me. So I remember the emotions that I felt previously. I feel like the only way that you can actually learn is through experience. You know, I can tell it to you over and over and over again. I can try my best to bash it in your brain, but it's not going to actually stick until you experience it for yourself. And then from there, after you experience it, it's a disciplined thing. It's how disciplined are you? It's, are you willing to accept the fact that, you know, these kind of things affect you negatively or are you just going to avoid it and ignore it and keep going down this terrible path you know so it's a mental you know how strong are you mentally to remain disciplined after experiencing the losses that you experienced right i think that's with anything in life too i i love how i love how you alluded to discipline i think that's the key factor in pretty much everything and regarding these you know emotional interact you know emotional feelings you feel when you know you revenge trade and stuff what can you describe for our traders? You, if you don't feel comfortable with the amount, you don't have to. If you do, it's on you. What was your biggest loss like? Like, how did you deal with that? Like, did it? How did it hit you in the face? Do you remember how you felt when that happened? Um. All right. So I won't tell you my biggest loss because that kind of gives away how much I trade with. Okay. I mean, not really, but I'm not comfortable telling. Fair, fair. Um, but I will say my worst loss personally, and this is kind of embarrassing. Uh, at the time, it was eighteen hundred. So I lost 1,800 in one trade. To me, now I look back at it and I'm like, damn, I lost 1,800. Like it's whatever. But now, or, or at the time, I lost 1,800 and it was not everything that I had, but it was a large portion of what I had. And so it had to be, you know, when I was just starting out. So I clearly remember losing the 1,800 and it was a major portion of my portfolio. And mm. I didn't eat for a whole day. I, I, you know, I laid in bed and my dad came over and was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, nothing. I was like, nothing. I'm like on the verge of tears. He comes over and hugs me and man, I, I bawled my eyes out. He's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I lost this much money. And blah, blah, blah. That's crazy, I lost bro. that much money in five minutes. And he's like, he's like, dude, it's just money. Who the fuck cares? And I was like, you know what? You're right. And I just kept pushing. And then uh, so it's not my biggest loss. I've taken bigger losses than that, but it's definitely the most memorable. And it's the one that uh, it affected me the most. You know, when you say biggest loss, it's not my biggest, but that's the one that comes to mind. For sure. That's 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 funny you mentioned that. I, I That's the part that scares me the most about trading is just getting hit with one of those. Um, but I actually wanted to act, touch on something that um, I really think is big for a lot of new traders, a lot of people that are trying to get into this. A lot of my followers are in the and in, in the NFT community specifically, and they, they are interested in trading. So I actually think this is going to be good for them. Can you please explain risk to reward uh, ratio and what ratio do you use if possible? Yeah, absolutely, man. So the way I think about things is in everything in life and, and not just trading, I feel like everything comes down to three things. It is your individual scenario. And then number two is risk reward. And then number three is probabilities. So when I say that, your individual scenario, meaning what kind of living situation are you in? Are you a provider of a family? Are you 50 years old with an established job? Do you have a savings account? Do you have this? Do you have that? Or are you an 18-year-old kid? You have nothing to lose. You know, your individual scenario. Are you paying bills? Are you not paying bills? You know, 
things like that. Then it comes down to risk reward. Risk reward um, is, you know, if I put in this amount, your risk is always going to be whatever you put in, right? If you put in 500, your risk is 500. That's how much you are potentially going to lose, right? Uh, same like if you buy an NFT, when you buy an NFT for $100, you are risking $100. Mm -hmm. That NFT has the potential to be worthless, right? Then when you compare your reward, what is the reward of that? Okay, you bought the NFT for 100 Does it have the potential to be, uh, or does it, is the reward, it's going to be worth a million, right? Is that the reward or or is the reward, it's going to be worth $101? That's what I'm saying. So okay. uh, it's, and then it's risk reward in terms of your situation personally, right? So if your situation is you only have $100, then is the risk reward match up for that if you only have a hundred dollars and your reward is potentially turning that 100 into a thousand that might be very worth it for you if the reward is you know not you're or losing or whatever it's not worth it then compared to your situation that's kind of how i think about things but risk reward in terms of trading is looking at and actually drawing the pretty little setups that you see on a lot of these charts on on a lot of trading view charts so it's if you get stopped out when you're managing your risk and you determine literally you get to determine your risk at all times and your risk isn't whatever you put in your risk can be also be your stop loss right that's why it's there so you always get to determine your risk and your risk determines your reward so if that reward is worth it, you take the trade. You have a solid setup, right? But you also have to factor in probabilities. So it's Meaning? just this crazy cycle of you have to factor in these three things. Can and... you go into can you go into probabilities really quickly a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So probabilities for me, it is how likely is this to actually happen? So when we talk about you know something like Bitcoin, how probable for me was okay. it that Bitcoin would pass a new all-time uh, high? I get it now. Yeah. When I'm looking at you know previous cycles continuously uh, pass all-time highs, this is an uptrending asset. You know these kind of things work into uh, its favor. Whatever, looking at it probability-wise, and then so you can kind of scale that down and say, you know, what's the probability that Bitcoin goes to 55,000 when we're at 53,000. It's probably pretty high, but then you have to perform some sort of technical analysis to determine probabilities of when is it going to go there or, or what price is it going to go to before it goes there. So it's just this like complicated way of trying to analyze probabilities. And so the reason I say that this applies to everything in life and not just trading is because you can kind of Think about this in other terms. So uh, when you're discussing your personal situation and not in trading, we can discuss you know, your personal situation in terms of trying to find a new job. So, okay, are you an 18-year-old kid or are you? did you just graduate college and you're trying to find a new job, you're on your own, whatever? Or are you established, you have a family and uh, bills to pay and a mortgage and whatever, and now you're trying to go find a new job. So the risk reward is going to be different for those two individual situations, right? The graduate that just came out of college, the risk reward is you finally get to start your life. You get this job, you get to use your degree. And the, the risk is you're going to be unemployed for a bit, right? And you might have some debt to pay or whatever. And you, if that doesn't work out, you have you know parents to go back home to. Whereas the risk for someone who has an established family, a mortgage to pay, bills to pay, you know, a wife to take care of or whatever, their risk is significantly higher. So the reward needs to be more worth it. The reward for you to take that step out of being comfortable and going to find a new job somewhere across the country needs to be more worth it then you factor in probabilities, right? So if the, uh, if the high school or the college graduate doesn't have any experience and is trying to apply to Google, 
right? They're probably going to have to do some sort of internship or, or have some sort of job experience or whatever. So the probability of getting a job at Google is very low. So now the reward is very high and your risk is determined. Your risk is you don't have a job. You're going to be unemployed. You might have to move back in with mom and dad, right? But the probability is extremely slim. Whereas the family man, the dude who has you know kids to feed or whatever, might have 20 plus years of experience working at somewhere else and all these you know certificates under his belt, all this experience, whatever. So the probability of him getting a job is, is much higher. So maybe that risk reward is more worth it for him. So it's your situation, risk reward, probabilities, and it factors into a lot of things in life. And I feel like you kind of run through that mental process in your head through a lot of things in life without even realizing it. So all you're doing is taking that sort of mentality and transitioning into staring at a screen and watching numbers go up or down. I love that. I love how you mentioned, well, I also wanted to make it a point that the smart people do, but I, I love how you mentioned a point that um, that is the mentality that, you know, we, as our organisms, our brains really use, you know, throughout pretty much everything we do. Um, I wanted to really touch on this because I'm actually very happy you explained the risk to reward ratio part, because uh, you basically you're saying your entire systems, like when you, any new trader, when they formulate their system, you know, they form it based off their probabilities, risk to reward ratios and their financial, their own financial income. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with that being said, I wanted to move on. What exchanges do you use? What exchanges do you recommend for, for new investors? Um, I like to use Bybit. Uh, I've oh, really? really, yeah, I, I like to use Bybit uh, specifically for Bitcoin and ETH trading. And I like mainly because I hold Bitcoin and ETH anyways as collateral. And on Bybit, I get to use those as collateral. So uh, I'm a really huge fan of Bybit for BTC and ETH trading. But I've been transitioning into FTX. Oh, really? FTX has, yeah, very quickly become one of my favorite exchanges to trade on. It's just fun. And it's just their system, their UI is very clean. I've never really had any issues with them as far as lag or, you know, getting slipped. Their vo their volume is pretty good. Um, so it's very liquid. And yeah, and then they just, they just have fun stuff, man. If you ever feel that need to gamble. Uh, I know Alex talked about this, uh, our mutual friend. Alex told me one day. And Alex trades with a similar amount that I do. Um, and he told me, whenever I feel like gambling, I don't take a trade and gamble. I go to the casino and gamble because if I take the trade and gamble, I'm going to you know, fall into that pit of uh, emotional yeah. roller coaster or whatever. So he separates the line in the sand by instead... If you're going to go gamble $100 in, you know, the I like BitMEX that. casino or the Bitcoin casino or whatever, uh, he instead goes to the actual Vegas casino, right? And gambles $100 there. So for me, like it's that. like, it's like, yeah, I get to do my job. I get to come in and, you know, pay my bills or whatever and have the luxury of staring at numbers and potentially profiting and making this consistent income week by week. And do my thing, but I also get to play around with the, a lot of the fun stuff that they offer. So like the, the president Biden and, and Trump coin or the volatility coins or whatever. So it's fun and it's just a really clean exchange. The UI is clean. So I I'm a huge advocate for FTX, but Bybit is kind of that like love because that's where I really started taking everything super serious, uh, by trading on Bybit. So. so I actually wanted to touch on this because you said really quickly um, that you hold ETH and Bitcoin as collateral. Can you explain what that means to my viewers? Yeah. So all that means is instead of if I'm trading an asset, I am essentially trading in terms of Bitcoin. So I already hold Bitcoin. And if I lose the trade, if, if number goes down and I'm taking a loss, I'm losing my Bitcoin. And if I add on to the trade. If I profit, I'm adding to my Bitcoin stack. So yes, that gets transitioned into terms of US dollars. And that's kind of how I think about it anyways. But um, I'm trading with Bitcoin as the underlying asset instead of just holding USD and you get to trade with mm -hmm. you know, your US dollar. Yeah, US dollars. So I actually wanted to, number one, I think it's the number one thing I, I got from this is 
for a 21 year old, you're, uh, you're very, very intelligent. You have a very good grasp on this. How do you feel about the fact that you're, you know, kind of so young and you have a very good grasp on trading in a, of this industry? What are your goals? Like if I, let's say we have another interview a year from now, what would your goals be a year from now uh, for your career in the crypto industry? Um, you know, honestly, I think similar to what a lot of people want in this market, I want to be financially free. Uh, so that's my huge, that's my huge goal. That's my number one goal. But um, more than that, I want to retire my parents, man. So that's the, oh, that's the main thing. So uh, retiring my parents is definitely the main goal right now. I, I came up from a very low income household. Uh, we, we eventually, uh, my dad moved out here from, from, out of the country. I won't say where, but he came to America. Yeah, yeah I was, was about to say, are you in was, Vegas right now? <laughs> no, 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 no. He, so he, uh, he, he came to America when he was 18 and had $60 in his pocket and kind of built himself up. And for majority of my life, I was very poor. And for four years specifically, I was very rich. I had, I lived in this half a million dollar house. We had everything we wanted. We had more cars than what we needed. And then the 2008 economy crashed in in the US, right? So uh, we had just purchased this, you know, crazy expensive house. And uh, my parents weren't very good with their personal finance, didn't save a penny, and we declared bankruptcy. So I went from very poor to very rich to very poor. And now all of a sudden, I'm probably what you would define as low middle class or my family is, but I trade with this crazy high portfolio. And I look at numbers that you know, if if, if you go and steal $50 from my wallet right now, I'm gonna be pissed at you but if i lose 50 dollars in a trade it's like whatever like it's nothing to me but it, so it's very surreal sometimes i still have uh, a hard time grasping because especially with the bull market things have gotten so exponential to where my brain is having a hard time catching up with how much i'm worth right so explain I don't know that. If that makes sense Can you go in detail so, on that statement yeah so my my portfolio has increased at such a dramatic amount so quickly oh. that I still feel like I'm living in that lower middle oh. income class, that lower middle income family. I still feel like, you know, $20,000 a year or whatever, not 20,000, but, you know, $40,000 a year. I still feel like that's a good paying job. But then I look at my portfolio and it has way more than 40,000 and I'm like, damn, this doesn't make, this doesn't feel like it should be that number. Or whatever. Can I comment because, on that? Can I yeah, comment absolutely. on that? Yeah. So how, cause you and I are kind of in similar situations, obviously you with trading. Um, and I know you have your assets. I'm more in the, this podcast, this NFT community. I'm an artist. Um, I also, you know, you work a job. I do too. I wanted to know how, what's your opinion on that really quickly? Because we're both in the crypto industry. Obviously you're farther in for your own field, but do you feel like, cause you mentioned opportunity cost earlier in the episode, how do you feel about working a job? Because I feel like personally, like it really irritates me sometimes and it allocates a lot of time away from this where I'm starting to see, you know, some traction. And, you know, my gut feeling is, man, I should go all in on crypto, like 100%. Well, can you comment on that real quick? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I know what you're talking about. I've definitely fallen into that mentality. I've thought so many times about, man, let me just quit my job or whatever. But no, I quitting, can yeah. say, I can say that, uh, I'm very blessed, man. So Jacob Canfield, I'm going to give a real quick shout out to him. And he he took a chance on me. He gave me a job related to trading, related to markets. So now I get to come in and kind of educate people and do certain things. And now I'm, uh, you know, an independent contractor where I do businesses will reach out to me or I'll reach out to businesses and write articles for them, write newsletters for them, whatever it may be. Uh, and I get paid to do what I do on a daily basis anyways. Um, and then on the on the side, I do work a, a hospital job on the weekends, so it's not really anything crazy. But for me, it's just that grind mentality. So I have just kind of pushed myself into thinking like I need to do everything that I can possibly do right now to make as much as I can right now so that I can take full advantage of the opportunity at this moment so that I won't ever have to do this ever again, you know, later down in life when I'm 25, I want to be fully retired. I really do. Uh, so I feel like just making the most out of my time, really squeezing everything that I possibly can from right here, right now, present day, trying to make more 
constantly, whether that's, you know, working a part-time job, working, doing whatever, mowing lawns, dude, I don't care. If it's cash, if there's income involved, I want it. I'm a, I'm a hustler. I want I some that. sort of uh, consistent income so that when I come in, when I do my actual job, when I do the thing that I love doing, and I'm actually sitting down at my computer focused, trying to make money, trying to find setups, doing all of this, I don't have to feel that pressure. I don't have to feel that pressure of, I need to make this happen because I'll be honest with you, that does peak in every now and then that does peak in, you know, that, uh, I need to make this happen or else my parents may never retire, right? That peaks in every now and then. So I need to eradicate that as much as possible. And the way I do that is by holding some sort of consistent, steady income. And I'll be honest with you, with the money that I'm making, with what I'm doing, with the hospital job, with all the different uh, businesses that I'm associated with, I'm making really good money for my age. Not only is my portfolio uh, substantially high for you know what you would think a 21-year-old's portfolio should look like, but I also make more than if I went back to college and got a business degree like I had wanted to initially, I would actually be taking a step backwards or multiple sure. steps backwards. So I'm very blessed, man. I get to do what I love. And on the side, I get to walk into a hospital uh, every weekend and go help with, you know, the crazy thing that is the COVID pandemic right now. I get to go talk to people, be social, you know, see people that I'm comfortable with and help people at the same time. So it's really, it's humbling and it's just this grind and it's just, you know, I, I just want to milk as much as I can from, from the situation I've been given. I can guarantee you, number one, you will be financially free and your parents will be retired by 25 and number two and i'm saying this just because you know i can honestly just listen to you go going back i would you know i got my college degree last year i am 25 and i just got into crypto a year ago or a, like a couple months ago i started this podcast like six months ago um i going back i would i would have dropped out of college bro i would have not gone to college bro i really think <laughs> yeah. i would have been in another dimension right now but you know i think it happened for a reason i very much I believe in your mentality. I think I love that mentality. When you were talking, like my blood was like, I'm sweating right now underneath <laughs> this because you were talking, my blood was getting raw. Like I'm, I'm about that too. I, I very much uh, love that mentality. I only want to talk to people with that mentality and nothing less. Yeah, man. I, I, I genuinely am a big believer in that. Go ahead. And you, you know, Alex, man. Yeah. We're both mutual friends. Alex has the same mentality. So yeah. it's definitely like I have managed to surround myself with, this amazing community, this crypto community where I've made friends on Twitter. I've, I, I've met Alex through online. You know, I met Jacob Canfield. I met, you know, all these different people. I'm not going to go on and name them. I really yeah. could though. Uh, but I've met all these amazing people who have the same mentality that I have been working with for the entirety of my, my life. Right. And so it's just really amazing that I get to come onto a computer screen and connect with so many people who think just like me. Uh, and I it's love just, that, bro. It's just I've... like this, this surrounding of you, you become whoever you're around. Right. And it's just like, you put yourself in a position where you are potentially able to, you know, mess with all these people who have already established themselves and already proven to the world that, hey, I can come in and do this. I can come in and trade crypto world. I can come in and teach people how to do things and, and whatever. And you put yourself in that opportunity of, you know, shine, potentially showing what you have to shine uh, so that you can do it too. And, and if you take full advantage of it, I think you will. I, I think whatever you hang around is going to sort of bleed off into you and, and just you know you will become whoever you surround yourself with so we're really yeah, all like this 100 no this crypto community uh, to what you said is really all um we're all kind of like similar i didn't like before i i went into this community like i always felt like um you know i have a very you know i have a, a lot of people i was comfortable with but i never really related to people and in this community everybody's on their own path with like similar mindsets like this go-getter hustler mindset and they want to push this space forward and really innovate the world yeah and that's really what just like you said that's what i love but i do believe i will say this right now i do believe in your mind like i just because i'm an immigrant myself and so when you said like yeah, my, my parents left like, i'll go ahead and say my dad's from iran my mom's from romania um yeah. we, we immigrated from romania and my parents like we were i was there for their struggle like well, i have the exact same mentality 
And so I really, really, when I say I relate, I definitely relate. And I feel you on that. Um, yeah, man. I definitely want to say thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, I actually oh, had a really good time. Man. Yeah, it was, it was my pleasure. I uh, thank you for having me on. It was a lot oh, of for fun. sure. And I have to have you on in a year. We have to do this again. We have to run it back. I want to see where you are with your career, because I personally think there's a chance you could achieve these goals by next year. You but know, we'll see. when we talk about probabilities and whatnot, I, I think it's a real prob- probability. Yeah, bro, by the I, market, I by the market, yeah. The market itself, yeah, I think it's very possible. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I'm excited. Uh, I love where crypto's going. And, yeah, huge shout out to you, man. I, I, hey, no, I appreciate Much you. love. Thank you for being No, me. thank you so much. Um, I'm probably going to – so if I DM you, like I might DM you some trading advice. Like I, I might want to get started just on the side. I'm, I'm trying to dabble in all aspects of, of crypto, really, and, and just learn everything. And I think Alex said something to me the other day. He's like, Cena. People can, you know, and I, I'm very big on, I want to develop my own protocol. I'm into the tech development, but, you know, I'm also into making money. And yeah. Alex said this to me and it stuck with me. He's like, Cena, you need to know what rich people do with their money. And you could, you could read all you want on the tech development side, but kind of like me in fantasy sports, what made me so good is you have to stare at that chart every day and just watch that chart and your brain process that data. And that's yeah, what helps you in the long run. Absolutely. So, yeah, when we talk about like, oh man, I have so many like these weird theories and concepts and, and whatnot. And one of them is exponential growth. And I think so, you know, someone who comes in and looks at the market every single couple of days or so, I think is going to learn at a much slower pace than yeah. I do because part of what I do for a living, part of my income is I get to come into a business and I write daily articles for them. And then on top of that, I do live streams three times a week. So I'm learning at such a more, at such oh, a faster pace yeah. exponentially Yeah, uh, because this is what I do. I come in and I stare at the same exact chart. I stare at Bitcoin every single day. So I'm spending hours upon hours upon hours every single day learning about this chart. So then yeah, that helps you with just understanding price action and certain things, but you also start to develop this feeling of intuition, this sort of like what people call an edge of, yeah, I've watched Bitcoin do this so many times that I've picked up on it. You know, people, uh, maybe whales do this or whatever, whatever narrative people like to throw out, but it's just this pattern that prints on the chart over and over and over again. You've seen it and you know the potential outcome. So you can base probabilities on that because of your experience. And it's just this intuition. So I'm just, I'm learning at a much more exponential rate. So yes, I have six years of experience, but you know, for the majority, not majority, I would say probably half of those six years was me staring at the same thing every single day for three years, right? So- Do you think that- there's still room for you to learn more in that aspect oh. only? Always, man. Okay. Uh, before we started this, I told you knowledge is power. Yeah. And, and it's, it's always going to be knowledge is power. I am. I love trading. I love what I do. But I want to be an educator first. And the reason for that is because I'm a huge knowledge is power advocate. And I don't think knowledge stops. I don't think it does. I, I don't think you ever reach this cap of I've learned everything I need to learn. I think there's always something more that you should be reaching for. And that's what excites me. And uh, not to sound arrogant or anything. No, please do. I love that. I love that. Please sound arrogant. uh, A lot of my life, I was very good at everything that I did. I was very good at sports. I was very good at, you know, school, everything. I never did homework. I never studied for anything. I would come in and get a B plus on the test or an A on the test. <laughs> I love that, bro. I graduated, you know, I graduated high school with a 3.2 GPA, which is not, you know, crazy by any means. It's not, uh, it doesn't stand out, though. but you didn't try. Yeah, but I didn't do homework. I didn't study for all that time. So I never really put effort into anything because I never felt things challenged me. You know, if, I was always naturally good at certain things. I was naturally good at basketball. I would skip practice and then come into the game. I would never skip practice, bro. You skip basketball practice. Right. So, so, I mean, I would do all this, all this stuff half ass and I would just not really care too much. But finally, finally, I found something that I come into it and it challenged, it challenges me every single day. 
the, in trading, in, in charting, in finding setups, in investing, it always challenges you. It's never ending. It's always, you will never max out. You will never, you will never cap out. And it requires full effort, requires full attention for you to actually do it consistently. And I love that. I it's, it's actually one something. of the most, it's one of the hardest things to do in the world is be a good trader, in my opinion. I, I would, yeah, I probably agree with that. Yeah. Because you, you mentioned, we alluded to this throughout the episode. It's the mental fortitude you need to get good at this, to get good at this. Like that's the hard part. I will say, um, don't skip basketball practice. I swear to God, (laughs) all of us, dude, all us immigrants are kind of similar. Like that that was my, that was my, my whole game plan in high school is just a who I was a hooper and I barely tried in school and I got a 3.5, (laughs) 3.2. Same thing. Um, but Hey, Thank you very, uh, very much. I genuinely think you're one of the most special 21 year olds I've talked to. I really believe that. Like, I'm not even bullshitting. Um, I haven't even seen your face, but I I feel your confidence. I resonate with your energy and I admire it 100%. Hey, I believe in you. I can't wait to see it next year. Like, I really do believe that there's a chance you're there next year. Yeah. Hey, man, if you if you live in Vegas, I know you're friends with Alex. I don't yeah. know if you know him in real life, but yeah, I do. Man, I'll, I'll come visit Alex one day and we'll, Bro, pull we'll up to the studio. Out, pull up yeah, to the studio. Man. We have yeah, one to. Day we for have sure. to. For we sure, have man. to. No, I, I would. By the way, I went to college with Alex. So he's my friend. Yeah, he's my guy. Uh, absolutely. All right. All right, man. Be, be safe. Thank you so much I got for you. having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, I got you. I'll, I'll DM you a couple of things, too, this week uh, for the episode next week. All right. Yeah. Anytime, man. All right. Be safe.